Hi there, this is Harry and welcome to another podcast where I try to help you to get a better understanding of the English language so that you will be able to have better, more constructive conversations. You'll be better able to understand your colleagues if you're involved in Zoom conference calls, whatever it may be. We help you with your grammar, your pronunciation, look at phrasal verbs, idiomatic expressions, everything connected with the English language. And of course, if you want to contact me, and I'd be happy to hear from you, I'll give you the contact details at the end of this particular podcast. And if you have a friend or colleague you think might benefit from it, well, why don't you invite them along? So, what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to focus on negotiation and negotiation idioms. So, as the name suggests, they're probably more specific and related to business, but not entirely. I'll go down through them and I'll give you examples and hopefully you'll get a better understanding and perhaps you'll be able to practice or to use some of them in your next conversation. So, here goes. Bend over backwards. Play somebody at their own game. To give ground. To drive or strike a bargain or a deal, either with somebody or something. To agree to disagree. To be a party to something. Come to terms with something or somebody. Mend your fences. Give way to somebody. Meet somebody halfway. And then finally, sign on the dotted line. Sign on the dotted line. Okay, let's go through them and give you a couple of examples. To bend over backwards. Well, as you can imagine, that can be quite difficult unless you're big into your yoga and bending over backwards, particularly at my age, not so easy to do. Okay, so when you bend, bend over backwards for somebody, it's difficult, but you do it. At, and it, what it literally means is that you're trying to do as much as possible for the person whom you're negotiating. So you could say, oh, I've bent over backwards for that client or that customer and he still won't agree. So you get a little bit frustrated. Or you might say to the, the kids, I've bent over backwards to make you happy. I've sent you to the good school. I've got you involved in that club. I've given you good pocket money. Why can't you be happy? So we get a little bit frustrated. So when we bend over backwards for somebody, we do all we can, all in our power, try and help them try to make them more comfortable. So in a negotiation, when we bend over backwards, perhaps we do a little bit too much and perhaps we should have done less and they might have been more appreciative of it. To bend over backwards. To play somebody at their own game. Well, this is interesting expression. When you play somebody at their own game, you do exactly as they're doing. So if somebody's a little bit cunning or sly, then you are a little bit cunning or sly. If somebody is playing the waiting game when they're waiting for you to come with a better offer and they keep silent and the longer they keep silent, they believe that you'll come along and say, okay, let's do the deal on these terms. So when you play somebody at their own game, you do exactly as they do or you mirror the actions that they take. Okay, so if you're in negotiation with a prospective customer and he's holding out for a bigger discount then you might just say okay well look that's the best offer we can do and you sit and wait and you have to play a waiting game because the customer might believe that you're going to come and offer a better discount or you're sitting waiting 
hoping that the customer really needs the product that you have or the service that you're offering, and he will eventually come along and say, okay, I'll accept your terms. So you play somebody at their own game. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. To give ground, well, the ground is the area or the space on which you stand. And if you literally give ground, it means you give some of that ground away to somebody else. So in negotiations, when we give ground, we relent a little bit, we offer some something extra, not much, and then we may have to offer a little bit extra, which is part of the negotiation. So we eventually give ground, meaning we give the person on the other side of the table a little bit more than what you wanted to give, but not as much as they wanted, okay? So to give ground. So in negotiation, as we all know, compromise is a very, very important word, and it's not so easy to reach a compromise because nobody wants to give up that little bit of margin, that little bit of profit. But in order to get the deal done, occasionally we have to give ground. And it might be to give ground on certain points. So in your negotiation, you might have a list of five or six or seven points that you want to clarify or you want to greed in the contract. And you probably know that the other party to the agreement is not going to agree to everything. They're not going to agree on your five, six or seven points. So you might have to give ground on one or two, meaning you're prepared for one or two points to allow other party to take an advantage, whereas the key points that you want, you will not give ground at all. So you'll dig your heels in, as we say, you will stick to your point and you'll try to get those agreed. So give ground on something you're quite happy to give up, but hold firm on those points that you don't want to give any ground on, to give ground. Next, to drive or to strike a bargain or a deal. So we can drive a bargain or we can strike a bargain. So the, the words mean exactly the same. And to drive or strike a bargain means to reach agreement. Okay, so we struck a bargain today and the building starts next week. We've driven a hard bargain, meaning we had lots of negotiation, but finally we got it agreed and the building project will start next week. So a bargain or a deal can literally mean the same thing, whatever we're negotiate, negotiating on. So let's say it's to build a shopping center or to build a hotel or a block of apartments, and we want to get the deal done on the land on which this property is going to be built. So we start negotiating with the owner of the, the land so that we can buy it at the best possible price so that we can make the maximum amount of profit on the deal. So we drive a hard bargain, in terms of negotiating, we strike a bargain with the owner so that we can buy that particular land. So drive a bargain or drive a hard bargain, strike a bargain, strike a deal, we get it done and the building project will start as soon as possible. To agree to disagree, this is a really good expression because this really means that you can't get any agreement with the other party, you have your view, they have their view. You give your reasons why you support an, a particular view or opinion. They give their views as to why they support their particular position or opinion. And at the end of the day, when you know you're not going to be able to persuade them and they know they're not going to be able to persuade you, 
you shake hands and say, okay, let's agree to disagree, okay? Meaning we're not going to get an agreement, but we're not going to fall out about it. We're not going to continue this row. We'll just agree to disagree and we'll move on. So sometimes when we have negotiating points in a contract, they may be difficult to get everything agreed. And at some points we have to agree to disagree and therefore we have to be a little bit commercial about it and decide is it something that we will lose the deal over or something we're just happy to let sit or in, in some ways we just have to walk away. Okay, So when we agree to disagree, we have to really think hard about what we're trying to achieve. Okay, So agree to disagree literally means that you cannot accept the other person's point of view. They cannot accept your point of view, but you're not going to have a row. You're just going to agree to disagree and you walk away. To be a party to something. Well, when you are a party to something, you are part of a negotiation. You're part of a contract. So if I'm signing a new lease for an apartment, then I'm a party to that contract. On the other side will be the landlord. So he signs on behalf of the owner. He is the landlord. I'm signing as I am the, the tenant or I am the leasee. Okay, so I'm leasing the property for one year, two years, three years. He's the landlord who is going to allow me access and use of that particular property for one, two or three years. So we are both parties to that agreement. I sign, he signs, so whatever the contract says, whatever the terms of the contract are, we must agree to those because if there's any dispute, well then we'll have to have a legal argument and the parties to that contract will have to sort out the difficulties. So to be a party to something means to be aware of something, to acknowledge it and to know what you are signing. So anytime that you have a contract, it's really, really important to understand the terms of the contract. It's really important that you have them explained to you because once you sign that particular contract as a party to that agreement, you're accepting that you understand what is written in the document to be a party to something. To come to terms with something. When we come to terms with something, we eventually accept it. Okay. Now, to come to terms to, with something generally means that for a period of time you didn't understand it or you didn't accept it, but after some negotiation or some period of time, you eventually come to terms and accept what is in the agreement. Now, we can come to terms with a lot of things. Okay. So, if you move house and you take your children out of their school and you move to another city and you put them into a another school, the kids may not be happy for a period of time, but eventually they will come to terms with it. After a couple of months, they will have made new friends. They might even prefer the school or the area that they're living in. But at the beginning, they kick up a little bit of a fuss. They complain and they moan. Oh, why did we have to move? And what about my friends? I won't be able to make any new friends. So this is what you hear. But after a couple of months, oh, everything is great, I have this new friend, I'm in this new football team. So they eventually come to terms with the change. And it's the same in business, okay? So something happens, you get a new boss, he changes the way you have to work, you've got a different reporting line, you don't like it, but after a few weeks you say, well, what can I do? Uh, I just have to accept it, and you come to terms with the change. Of course, you can always leave and move on and do something else, which is your prerogative, but 
while you stay there, you have to come to terms with whatever's happened. And regrettably, when somebody we've loved uh, for a long time, they die, then we have to come to terms with that loss. You know, So they pass on, we carry on, and okay, for a long period of time we're in mourning, but eventually we come to terms with the fact that they are no longer there. So come to terms can be used in a personal capacity, but it can also be used when we're referring to business issues, to come to terms with something that has happened. To mend your fences. Well, a fence is something you have around your garden. It could be a wall, uh, it could be a wooden fence, it could be a metal rail, a fence, but when we when something happens to it, perhaps there's a storm and there's some damage, the wall collapses or some of the wooden fence rots and breaks, we have to fix it because if we don't fix it, dogs or whatever will come into your garden, uh, rubbish will f blow in through the wind, so we fix our fences. That's the literal meaning of to mend your fences. When we have problems with somebody, when we've had an argument with somebody and we've had a falling out, as we call it, the fence, the relationship between us is strained or broken for a period of time so you have that argument and you're sitting brooding on it for several days or weeks and eventually you say to your partner well look I think we're just going to have to mend our fences here and get on with life because if I don't talk to him or to her what's the point so it could be an argument with a, a brother or a sister could be an argument with a good friend, could be an argument with a colleague, but eventually for the peace of mind and to be able to move forward in your life, you have to mend your fences. You have to talk to the person and say, okay, look, I'm sorry I, what I said. I shouldn't have said it perhaps, but I had reasons to say it, but I accept your position. So let's shake hands on it. Again, as we used before, we can agree to disagree, okay, but let's not fall out any further over it and let's get on with life. So you mend your fences, you rebuild that connection you had and you make sure that everything is good going forward to mend your fences. Give way to somebody or something. If you're driving a car on the road, you, in, particularly in Ireland or the UK, you'll see a sign a road sign which is give way to oncoming traffic. So it's a warning for you to say that you're, you don't have the right of way. The cars coming from your, your left or your right may have the right of way. So you have to wait until those cars pass and then you can move out into that lane or into that road. Okay, so to give way. Or it might be a sign to give way to cyclists. So cyclists have the preference uh, over cars on a particular part of the roads they have to cross so you have to stop or slow down make sure there are no cyclists if there are you stop and you give way to them allow them to pass and then you can move on in your car okay so when you give way you accept that you don't have the uh, right to be where you are until those people pass you or they go on their journey and then you can move forward to give way in a meeting, you can give way on a point where you believe you are right uh, and you're trying to argue it, but your, your 
customer or the other person on the other side is very determined that they will not give up on that. So eventually you give way on that point and you say, okay, look, we'll accept the situation. We're not going to get agreement, but we're not going to fall out over it. We'll just accept it and we'll, we'll move on. So you give way. You allow them to win that particular issue. Okay, give way. When we're negotiating, it's always good to be able to find a situation where both parties are happy. And when we do that, we often use the expression to meet somebody halfway particularly in negotiation on price. You know, if you're selling a property and somebody else is buying the property, the subject of negotiation comes up all the time. You barter, you you haggle over the price. So they want 100,000, you want uh, to pay only 90,000. You offer 92,000, they come back and say, no, it's not acceptable. But eventually you come to the situation and say, okay, look, let's meet each other halfway. I'll come up to 95 if you'll come down to 95. You don't get exactly what you want. I end up paying a little bit more than I want to, but I'll meet you halfway, shake hands, and the deal is done. So that's what we mean by meeting somebody halfway. We extend a little bit of friendship by paying a little bit more than we really want to, but the other party also extends the hand of friendship by telling you they want the deal done so they're prepared to accept a little bit less than they had originally intended okay so it's all part of the negotiation and it can be the same when we're pricing property when we're trying to buy that handbag or leather goods in the souk in Casablanca or wherever you might be on holidays these people like to barter they like to haggle they like to negotiate and if you meet them halfway well then they feel they've won you feel you've won, and everybody goes away very happy. Meet somebody halfway. You can also have that discussion with your kids. You know, they want to push the boundaries out. Can I go out and meet my friends? What time do I have to be home? Can I come home at midnight? No, no, you have to be here by 10 o'clock. Oh, 10 o'clock, it's really early. I'm not a kid anymore. Look, it's 10 o'clock or nothing. Oh, come on, come on. Okay, 10.30. Ah, come on, yeah, but... Uh, you know, 10, uh, 10.30 is no point going. So eventually say, okay, I'll meet you halfway, 11 o'clock, but no later. If you're late uh, after 11 o'clock, then this will stop. Okay, so you meet your kids halfway in the negotiation. Okay, and finally then to sign on the dotted line. So when all your negotiations are done, all the compromises have been reached, you've agreed to disagree in whatever points, you've bent over backwards to get the sort of negotiation, you've met them halfway in the price, what can you do? Well, you sign on the dotted line. And the dotted line literally is a line of dots on the end of the page, and you have your name printed, and you sign above it to show your acceptance of the terms. And then the other party will do exactly the same. And you might have to get it initialed or witnessed to show that you did it without duress, that you signed freely and willingly. So sign on the dotted line. So when you buy that property, you really um, celebrate with a bottle of champagne when you've eventually signed on the dotted line. You get the keys, the house is yours. You buy the new car, you pay the money for it, you sign on the dotted line, you get the keys of that brand new car sitting on the forecourt. It's yours. So to sign on the dotted line, a sign that everything is agreed, everything is done, and you can go away happy. Okay, so negotiation idioms. Let me give them to you one, one more time. 
to bend over backwards, to play somebody at their own game, to give ground, to drive or strike a bargain or to drive or strike a hard bargain or a deal, agree to disagree, to be a party to something, to come to terms with something or somebody, mend your fences again with somebody where you've had a disagreement, to give way to somebody, give way to, to bikes or cyclists on the road, to meet somebody halfway so that you, you are seen to be willing to compromise. And then finally, when everything is done, everything is dusted, and you're ready to move on, sign on the dotted line. Okay, well, that's me signing on the dotted line for this podcast for uh, another episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And as always, if you want to contact me, well, you can do so on www.englishlessonviaskype.com. Very happy to hear from you and very happy to hear from any of your colleagues or friends that you uh, refer to us. As I've often said, if you want to have lessons on a one-to-one -one basis, we will be happy to help you. It won't always be me, of course, and I have lots of teachers who are very well qualified. I can teach kids, I can teach adults in small groups or individual one-to-one -one lessons. Let me know and we can see if we can help you. As always, thanks for listening. Join me again soon.